0: This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to the program. This is going to be a special program today in that we're going to be getting by with a little help from our friends. Some people that have been on this program in the past are going to return, including among them... Radio host Peter B. Collins, blogger and voting machine activist Brad Friedman, and several of the public affairs hosts from KDVS. We're also planning to have a first-time appearance on this program by my friend Julie Credence from Kentucky Public Radio, who hosts the excellent talk show State of Affairs out of Louisville, which apparently is how they pronounce it in Kentucky. So we are indeed going to try and get by with a little help from our friends. The, uh, the theme, if there is one, of today's program uh, would be the demise of KSAC. KSAC, 1240 on the AM dial, had been the host of Air America until a couple weeks back when they announced a format shift over to gospel slash rap. For a while, last summer, we were broadcasting some programming over on that station, and I would just say that uh, nobody is less surprised than moi at uh, their failure to continue uh, broadcasting Air America. And uh, no, i'm I'm not going to elaborate, except to say that I talked to Christine Kraft last week and, and said to her that I'd sent out an email saying that uh, uh, that I was the least surprised person in Sacramento about the changes over at KSAC, but that was probably incorrect, that she had to, in fact, be the least surprised person in Sacramento, which got quite a laugh. And, uh, and, and no, again, I'm not going to elaborate more than to say more than that. Christine Kraft will be coming on the program in the weeks to come, uh, but it won't, it won't be today. So, let us commence this program as we like to do with On This Date in History. The date in question today is April 10th, and it was on April 10th in 1633 that bananas went on sale for the first time in England at a shop of Thomas Johnson of Snowhill, London. And no, I don't know how well they caught on. I know they caught on in America when, uh, during a World's Fair, someone found a way to get bananas up from Costa Rica, which, which would eventually wind up changing the whole political landscape of Central America, but that's, that's a topic for another day. On this date in 1849, New Yorker Walter Hunt patents the world's first practical safety pin, which has been quite a boon to those whose pants are falling down ever since. It was on this date in 1932 that at a second ballot, Paul von Hindenburg won Germany's presidential election by a rather uncomfortably narrow margin, having initially dismissed his main rival, Adolf Hitler, as that Bavarian corporal. Unfortunately, within the year, Hindenburg would hand the reins of power to Hitler anyway. And it was on this date in 1986 that Halley's Comet came within 63 million kilometers of Earth, which was unfortunately its least close appearance to the Earth since the time of Christ. And since this correspondent had been waiting for two decades for that appearance of Halley's Comet, I was a little disappointed. But realizing the only way to see it properly was to go to the Southern Hemisphere, I did manage to work a good trip to Tahiti out of the whole deal. And it was on uh, the day after this date, April 11th in 1915, that Charlie Chaplin released The Tramp, considered his first comic masterpiece. Uh, Somewhat remarkably, Charlie did not film that film in Hollywood. He filmed it in the Bay Area. In Fremont, of all places, the Niles District of Fremont, where Alameda Creek comes out onto the floodplain, which coincidentally is about a mile from where I grew up. For more information on this, we would refer you to our own archives. We had an interview a couple of years back with the president of the Niles SNA Silent Film Museum, which commemorates a lot of the films that were made back in Niles at the turn of the century, and there were quite a few. Our quote of the day comes from the King James Bible, which noted in the book of Ecclesiastes, The race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor yet favor to men of skill, but time and chance happeneth to them all. Our quip of the day comes from American humorist and writer Ring Lardner, who said, The race is not always to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, but that's the way to bet. Our statistic of the day, the national debt is expanding by about $1.4 billion per day, which works out to nearly $1 million a minute. And you'll find if you do the math, this works out to almost $30,000 in debt for each man, woman, child, and infant in the United States. Does anyone remember the 2000 uh, electoral campaign when George W. Bush and Al Gore were debating about what to do with the surplus the government had. There was a time when the Republican Party stood for fiscal responsibility, whereas for the last seven years they appear to be spending like drunken sailors on shore leave. And by the way, we expect to have John Dean return to this program uh, in the next couple of weeks to talk about uh, his rather sour view of what has happened to the Republican Party, which he used to respect. Actually, I should clarify that. I believe that Mr. Dean still has a great deal of respect for the Republican Party, just not for those who currently are at the top of it. All right, for our jokes today, we're going to go to the Radar Magazine Top 100. In this case, the 100 signs you're in the wrong relationship. We're going to do about seven or eight. All right, signs you're in the wrong relationship. Your engagement ring is made of calamari. That's a bad sign. Another one. She only wears her rape whistle around the house. Okay, signs you're in the wrong relationship. Her parents still think you're the gardener. Another sign might be, at your high school reunion, you introduce him as the reason I'm on Paxil. Of course, on the flip side of that, there might be this sign. She swims nude with the dolphins every chance she gets. The Miami Dolphins. My personal favorite among signs you're in the wrong relationship. You communicate in sign language, although you are not deaf. And a final choice, Radar Magazine, 100 signs you're in the wrong relationship. Well, how about this one? You have a pool boy, but no pool. Let's do the good, the bad, and the ugly. All right, according to The Week magazine, it was a good week last week, or I guess a little bit before, for April Fool's jokes after British newspapers printed photos of penguins flying north to the Amazon and also revealed on April 1st. that France's diminutive president Nicolas Sarkozy would undergo a pioneering stretching operation so he'd be as tall as his new wife, former model Carlo Bruni. It was conversely a bad week last week for university ethics after students at the University of Texas drew up an honor code in which they pledged not to cheat or commit plagiarism by copying an honor code that was already in effect at Brigham Young University which, oddly enough, it turns out was itself copied from one at Clemson University. Said a spokesman for Clemson's Rutland Center for Ethics, uh, this incident illustrates a disturbing trend among students in the age of Google and Wikipedia, noting that, quote, young people today have a different understanding of what, in the way of ideas and words, is property that can be taken without authorization. We would like to note, though, that uh, the content of this show is freely available for quoting. And finally, it was an ugly week for the Vice Squad after Wisconsin police raided a high school kegger only to discover that the kegs were filled with root beer. Evidently, 90 consecutive breath tests all turned up negative. We, are, we have a couple of files from the Entertainment Report, and we need some appropriate music for this, Mr. McMillan. Yes, evidently over in the UK, Britain's Court of Appeal ruled in favor of rock star Gary Brooker, the former lead singer of the pop band Procol Harem. This overturned a lower court decision which granted the group's former organist 40% of the millions of dollars in royalties generated from the song. The appeals of court agreed that Matthew Fisher, who played the haunting organ theme, was entitled to co-authorship, but said he will receive no money from past or future royalties. Apparently one of the problems with Mr. Fisher's claim was he waited 40 years to pursue it in court. Well, no matter who gets the royalties, it's a hell of a good song. And closer to home here in the U.S. of A., Jack Klugman, age 85, and possibly the worst actor in the history of acting, is suing NBC for withholding his profits from the 1970s TV series Quincy M.E. For medical examiner, I guess. Uh, Klugman's contract entitled him to 25% of the show's net profits. But the network claimed that Quincy, though it was a big hit, somehow managed to lose $66 million. Said an irate Klugman, I recently heard that they made $250 million and it's still on TV in Germany. I worked my tail off. I got up at four in the morning. I don't want their money. I want my money. And you do have to feel for the guy. He may be a rotten actor. In fact, there's no doubt he is a rotten actor. But, you know, $66 million loss for a hit TV show. Man, those corporate weasels are something, aren't they? Now let's take a moment to talk to someone who's quite the opposite of those uh, those corporate uh, television types. He's a man of radio, Peter B. Collins, and progressive radio at that. You know him from uh, his appearances on numerous Bay Area stations, and more recently from Air America. Returning now to the program, and we mentioned on his last appearance that we hoped he would be back, is uh, Peter B. Collins. and Welcome back, Peter.
1: Well, thank you. It's good to be with you, Doug.
0: It's, it's a sad occasion having you back here, because uh, you're basically now off the air here in the Sacramento area, courtesy of the fact that uh, KSAC has done a format switch from a talk, uh, talk station to a gospel format.
1: Yeah, it's very disappointing, and we tried to rally our listeners in Sacramento to help support the station, but for whatever reason, it wasn't successful. And I'm very disappointed because uh, I got great response from Sacramento. I think it's a very important market, as we call it, in the radio business. Uh, and it's a community of uh, a lot of active and well-informed people.
0: Well, a lot of people locally are horrified who, who depend on uh, you know, Air America and, and your program to, to keep them uh, up on what's, uh, what's going on. But we should point out that all is not lost. People can still find you on the web. That's
1: right. If you go to peterbcollins.com, there's a link on the homepage, and you can either listen to the live stream between 3 and 6 p.m. every weekday, or at your convenience, you can listen online or grab a podcast if you're one of those people who knows how to use an iPod.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of people do these days.
1: Well, we also just launched a new service for people with fancy cell phones, Doug, and if you go to phoneshow, F-O-N-E, phoneshow.com, we have shorter segments of the show, they're about five minutes long, uh, that you can uh, get automatically downloaded to your cell phone in the same fashion that a podcast works.
0: Okay, well, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to want to do exactly that. In the future, I know you have some interest in, in, in trying to get back into this area. Is that going to require a, someone wanting to sell a radio station in this greater Sacramento region?
1: Well, I'm in touch with people who would be willing to buy a radio station if it was a decent facility at an attractive price. And also, I've contacted existing owners to see if anybody would like to add our program or change to Progressive Talk. Haven't found any takers so far.
0: All right. Well, I'm sure that if anyone out there listening wants to contribute to that cause, they also could contact you.
1: That's right. Same website, peterbcollins.com.
0: All right. Well, Peter, we, we do want to note that anytime time you, you feel a need to get in the market, uh, we, we can act as a vehicle for you. Give us a, don't hesitate to give us a call.
1: Well, I'll take you up on that, Doug. I appreciate it.
0: All right. And, and Brad Friedman, of course, we're going to probably give him a call next. He's frequently appeared on your program, but is also now lost uh, to the area.
1: hmm Well, Brad does excellent work, and uh, the election issues are really fundamental to our, our alleged democracy. And that's the reason why I feature him every Friday. And, again, people can grab the podcast of that or listen on the web. I know it's not as convenient as having it on your AM radio and right there in the car with you. But uh, Brad does excellent work and brings up important issues. For example, there's an effort now to reintroduce a bill by Rush Holt of New Jersey. And, once again, it, it doesn't solve the problem and it tends to lock in the use of these touchscreen voting machines that are so vulnerable to manipulation and hacking. Brad has been at times a little lonely in fighting for clean and transparent elections right here in America.
0: Well, Peter, we'll, we'll be sure to ask Brad about that issue when we, when we give him a call here. But uh, before you go, what, uh, what is looming up in the near future that you want to really uh, sink your teeth into in, in Campaign 08?
1: Well, we're planning to go to the Democratic Convention in uh, in Denver in late August and it looks like it's going to be an exciting convention. Things may be resolved by then, but uh, as as we look at it right now, there's a good possibility that it will be a brokered convention with uh, a lot of action. And so uh, our plan is to be there to cover it.
0: Well, Peter, thank you for speaking with us. Peter B. Collins, a longtime host uh, of Progressive Radio and, and of late uh, with Air America here in Sacramento, but someone who's not going away.
1: I will not be going away. Not not quietly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Peter, thanks for coming back, and we hope to bring you on again uh, before too long.
1: My pleasure, Doug.
0: All righty. All right, returning now to the program is Brad Friedman, a blogger, a purveyor of bradblog.com, and a man we've had on the show I think three or four times before I lose track to talk about uh voting machines, voting technology and a little bit of skullduggery that's been going on. Welcome back, Brad.
2: Thanks, Doug. Great to be here.
0: Uh we were we were asked by Peter B. Collins to to, to ask you about this Rush Holt bill. What what what's going on with that? Oh man.
2: <laughs> well uh Rush Holt uh Congressman from New Jersey is is still at it. Uh he had a uh we'll call it a failed election bill uh, H.R. 811, that uh, came under attack from all sides, including myself. I even, uh, and I should say, I helped uh, write the bill before it was introduced. But it failed ultimately to do what really needs to be done, first and foremost, ban all touchscreen voting machines, period. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't do it, unfortunately. Now he's got a second bill. He's calling it uh, sort of an emergency bill to uh, give paper ballots out there to uh, states and counties around the country in time for the election. That's good in and of itself. However, he's also funding states who may wish to add these so-called uh, paper trail printers to their touchscreen voting machines. That's a bad idea because uh, with or without a paper trail printer, a uh, touchscreen voting machine can be hacked just right. as easily and it should never be used, period, in American elections.
0: Well, Brad, we're seven months away from the election. Are you optimistic we're going to get some of this stuff sorted out? (laughs) No. Uh,
2: (laughs) I'm sorry to say. uh, I mean, the the good news is the bigger picture. I mean, we are moving away from the touchscreen machines. We are moving towards a paper ballot that is actually counted for every vote cast in America. That's what we need, no less than that, to at least have a shot at uh, a, a secure election that the citizens can oversee and have confidence in. I expect a lot of trouble this November, unfortunately, because we still have a lot of bad uh, electronic voting machines, not just touch screens, but also optical scan machines that uh, constantly fail. On the other hand, uh, we are winning the battle slowly but surely, moving towards that. Uh, these electronic voting machine companies are in a lot of trouble. Just today, uh, a, a judge in New Jersey subpoenaed... Uh, a whole bunch of electronic voting machines, uh, touchscreens by Sequoia, that had failed on Super Tuesday in Ohio. We found that uh, the D-Bold touchscreen uh, uh, machines failed uh, during their recent primary in Butler County. This could spell trouble for the uh, for the November elections. Oh, and the Sequoia machines, the ones that failed on Super Tuesday in New Jersey, those same machines will be used next week in the Pennsylvania primary. So. <laughs> A lot of trouble on the horizon, and, and while most people are interested in watching the horse race, it is a very good horse race, no doubt, uh, but I often suggest that people also keep an eye on the track conditions, because uh, that's where these races are frequently won or lost.
0: Well, Brad, uh, you were regularly appearing on Peter B. Collins' program here in the Sacramento area on KSAC. Sadly, that will be no more, as they're no longer an Air America affiliate, but... Uh, We want to extend the same offer to you we did to to Peter B. You know, if you need to get something disseminated, give us a call. We'll bring you back on.
2: Much appreciated. Uh, I'm I'm delighted to uh, do your show anytime. It's frankly, it's a a terrible disaster. Peter B. is not uh, on uh, on in Sacramento anymore. I hope that changes uh, soon because he was an important voice. Not to mention uh, the fact that I'm not on in Sacramento every week now. So <laughs> it, that, that's a problem, too.
0: Indeed. But people can still go to your website, so why don't we, why don't we make sure we plug that before you go? Where can people go for your, uh, for, for your blog and, and data?
2: Stop on by bradblog.com. We're updating that thing way too often, uh, sometimes every few minutes. Uh, but there's always uh, something going on there that you will not find anywhere else in the corporate mainstream media. And, uh, and often nowhere else in the blogosphere. So stop on by bradblog.com.
0: Well, I second the motion. That's, that's good advice. And, and Brad, uh, don't be a stranger. I'm sure we'll have you back on before too terribly long. Hit me up anytime, Doug. Appreciate it. All right. We're sad to report that uh, the nation of Zimbabwe's woes continue. Evidently, uh, President Robert Mugabe hid his Marxist ways for uh, you know quite a while after he became the president of Zimbabwe, but in spite of the fact that he has completely ruined the economy with his cronyism and, and economic mismanagement, Zimbabwe currently has the world's highest inflation rate, 165,000%. Although Mugabe apparently only got in the 20 percentile, something like 27% of the vote, they have refused to actually declare what the vote count is and are claiming that he got in the 40s, uh, percent, he got somewhere in the 40s in terms of percentages, whereas Morgan Svingerai's opposition party probably got something like 60% of the vote. They're now claiming it just, just got under 50%, leading to the possibility of a runoff. Mugabe has not hesitated to commit massive voter fraud again and again, and this just breaks my heart. 20 uh, years ago uh, in June, I, I was in Zimbabwe and found it to be a, a wonderful, beautiful country, uh, and the people there could not have been nicer. They, they certainly do, deserve better than what they're getting from their, you know, dictator president. One of my colleagues and, and close friends is from Zimbabwe, and we've had many a talk over the I don't know, I guess it's half dozen at this point, elections since the new millennium between the United States and, uh, and Zimbabwe. And I'm, I'm sorry to say that there seems to be a lot of similarities in our two nations in terms of fraudulent election results being accepted by people around the world as legitimate. How in this case people are not calling from Mugabe's head throughout all of Africa is just, it's just a, a scandal. Uh, the main culprit seems to be South Africa's president Thabo Mbeki. considered Africa's most powerful leader, but is simply, uh, you know, hiding behind a policy of quiet diplomacy, according to The Economist magazine. I do find it remarkable that even even as he wrecks the economy, he could still find, uh, you know, 20% of the population supporting him. Mr. McMillan, what was the last count for Bush? Wasn't it something about 27% approval rating? Somewhere around there. Yeah. As I say, disturbing similarities between our two nations. For his part, Mugabe's claiming there's a vast conspiracy of colonialists and the UK to reestablish white power in Zimbabwe. You know, talk about playing the race card. And I must say, I do find it disturbing that uh, 20 years ago, when apartheid was uh, ruling South Africa, people in this nation and in other nations around the world rallied to say this is wrong and must be changed. And yet, Robert Mugabe does not face that kind of censure from world opinion. And this correspondent is somewhat disturbed by the inherent racism in the fact that when Mugabe confiscates white-owned farms, that's considered okay, despite the fact that most of those farms had been purchased on the open market since the independence of Zimbabwe. When you finger your white minority as being the villains, well, that, that's just racism, pure and simple, and it, and it should be identified as such. And yet somehow, like I say, Mugabe struts around with his Hitler mustache, and people, you know, are sort of saying, "Tisk tisk," isn't that terrible? But, you know, nothing is being done. All right, we've got plenty more to talk about, and it's mostly going to be about political things on today's show. But first, let's take a short break. I'm Douglas Everett. You're listening to Radio Parallax. Turn the water
1: Shade our face